If you have your Bibles, you can open them with me to Acts chapter 2. It's so fitting on a day that we uh, um, celebrate the launch of another church that we go to the launch of the first church. Uh, here at the beginning of our years, we're reminded uh, of who God wants us to be as a church. Reminders are a part of life. Anybody need to be reminded to do things from time to time? Yeah, I, uh, I'm, uh, as I age, I'm, I'm becoming more frequently forgetful. Uh, I walk into rooms with a plan. Something happens. Squirrel, right? And all of a sudden, uh, I'm completely lost. I can't remember why I went in there. Who's been to the grocery store in recent months, walked in to get something, got seven other things, and forgot the one thing you walked in there to get? Has anybody done that? That's yeah, just uh, a part of life. I did it this morning. Uh, I was... <laughs> I woke up, had my coffee, was talking to Eleanor. Um, our dad, her dad, was supposed to fly in tonight as many of the flights are getting canceled in this crazy world where everything's crazy. Um, that flight was canceled, and so I quickly went into damage control and rescheduling his flights. Uh, I was wearing my, my, I call it my warm-ups. Uh, I have shorts and a T-shirt that I wear to church, and then I change into the nicer clothes. I won't call them nice. Um, but I got to my, you know, uh, truck this morning, drove all the way to church, these clothes were still hanging on the hanger uh, back in my uh, bedroom. Eleanor brought them for me. Thank you, babe. Love you. Um, forgetfulness. It's, it's, it's actually the product of the fall. Uh, sin has many effects on our lives, some of them more nefarious than others. But like before sin came into the world, we never forgot stuff. Won't that be nice? Once we get to heaven, we'll never forget again. Uh, but now because of the fall, we're fallible and Forgetfulness is a part of this life that we live. Forgetfulness happens in the church. We can uh, kind of be going through life and, and forget who we are, forget what we're about. I love to take the first part of every uh, one of the years that I get to spend with you guys and just uh, spend a few weeks reminding us uh, of the things that Scripture has to tell us about ourselves, who we are as the church. The first week of this year, if you were with us, we talked about um, uh, you know, remembering our wow Staying like we just we sang uh, just before we started this time together, um, staying in awe of the God who is worthy of it all. Our wow will produce our now. And by that we talked about this. We said if we stay in awe of God, we'll we'll stay focused in following Him and honoring Him with the the things of our now. Wow is tied to now. Last week, we talked about the importance of remembering that we're God's messengers. He gave us this good news. Many of us are sitting here as recipients of that good news. We have been, by grace, saved through faith in Jesus Christ, right? Anybody? A couple of you? Are you awake? Is anybody here? Okay. Um, that should, you know, bring, you know, applause. But uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to it later. Uh, but that, that great news that we've been given is not meant to terminate with us. It's not meant to stop here. In fact, God's uh, means of distributing his good news is us. We're the heralds, uh, the messengers of the things that he has for us to say. I gave you those little booklets. Anybody still got theirs? Maybe it's in your Bible that you tucked it in there. But the Bridge to Life, I, we spent some time just w walking through how you could share with someone. My, I gave you this mission. Go share that booklet with someone this year. Even if they don't trust Christ, just do it. Just talk to someone about it. And as a pastor, uh, I need to kind of lead the way. So by God's grace, uh, this past week, I got to talk to a guy on the phone about Jesus Christ, and they put their faith in Jesus Christ for the first time in their lives. Yeah, God, for that. Now, that is not, that, that's not, uh, you know, uh, that would happen more often 
if we more often would be ready to share. Are you with me? I didn't do anything spectacular. I just, uh, I actually wanted to, you know, be able to share with you that I shared with someone this week. And I thought, oh, this is it. This is the time. And then we just launched. And I didn't expect this guy to trust Jesus Christ on the phone, which is my bad. But uh, it was his time. And he put his faith in Jesus. And today I want us to be reminded uh, from Acts chapter 2 of, of who we are as a church in some different ways. Uh, at the last uh, Monday was our first elder meeting of the year. At the beginning of every elder uh, calendar. We, we meet once a month in January. We, we read through 1 Timothy chapter 3 or Titus and what it has to say about elders. But we read the texts of the scripture just to be reminded uh, uh, of who we are as, as the leaders of God's church. This is the qualifications, the standards that we're meant to, to meet. And we talked about them and, and, and celebrated the fact that by God's grace, uh, we are in compliance with those things. But uh, we were reminded that this is where we need to stay so that we can be worthy in our leadership here. In Acts chapter 2, we have the story of the first church. And in our time together today, I want us to be reminded uh, from this first church of who we as a church need to be. Uh, starting in verse 41, uh, uh, basically we have kind of the, the recap of what's been an incredible day. Uh, if you kind of go through the history of the church, Jesus dies and raises again uh, on Easter weekend. He's, he's brought back to life, and, and he spends 40 days with his friends, hanging out and talking to them. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that he appeared to many, and, and in the end, after 40 days, it was time for him to ascend into heaven. He, he gets with his friends in the first chapter of, of, uh, of Acts, and he says, hey, man, go and be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. Go and wait for the Holy Spirit to come, and that's when you'll know it's time to launch. Uh, there was just 11 of them that day. Uh, the rest of Acts chapter 1 tells us that they added uh, another uh, to their number to make it 12. In the absence of Judas, they needed one more. And so 120 of them, uh, the 12 and someone do the math, 108 more, is that right? Something like that. Uh, we're gathered in an upper room as Acts chapter 2 starts. They were praying and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And if you know the story, they, they, they walk down into the uh, city streets. They're able to speak languages as fishermen that they do not know. And many people are like, what's going on with this? And, uh, and Peter launches into the first message, uh, the, the, the inaugural speech message of the church and uh, it says here in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 41, that after he was done, I guess lots of people got out their bridge to life tracks and uh, just started sharing, you know, maybe not. But uh, uh, after he was done, it says uh, that those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day to the church, to this 120, 3,000 souls. That's a good day at church. If 3,000 people come to Christ on the first day, um, that's a good day. So 3,120 Christians uh, there in Jerusalem. Uh, the, the story kind of skips forward. We don't know how much time has elapsed, but basically Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, is reporting to us. Here's how that first church organized itself. And he starts with uh, the things uh, that they made their aims, their, their, their devoted to's. Look what it says in verse 42. And they devoted themselves. This is the Greek word proskartereo. I'm not even going to try to have you say that one. It's a long one. Uh, but it's this, this great word from the Greek that, that basically means intended endurance, 
kartareo is the word for endurance. It's most uh, you know, often translated as that in our New Testaments. And so pros is first. So it's like first endurance or, or, or a, a primary endurance, an intended endurance. That's what devotion means. It's a first must. It's a gotta do. It's a no matter what. We have those, right? I went to Illinois for Christmas, in between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, we landed in Peoria, Illinois to visit our family there. And everybody in my family knows, the night that I get into town, we're eating Monocle's Pizza, which you don't need to know about it. I wouldn't even put it up there with the best pizzas in the world. It's just our first must when we land there. We, we're gonna drive from the airport to wherever our family's hanging out, usually my sister Aaron's. We're gonna talk and chit chat. But then that night, I'm driving to the closest Monocle's and I'm picking up two family pleasers and we're gonna have you know the pizza I like, which is all the meats. Come on, do it right, people. That's the right pizza. And then we're gonna have a half and half of the pizza I don't like, which is what my mom eats, which is all that crazy garden stuff. What are you doing with that on there? Uh, and then we're going to have some salad, which is a part of the deal. We're going to, you know, you know have, and I, look, I'm just going to go get that. It's what we do. It's who we are. It's a first must. I'm devoted in those situations to Monocle's Pizza. I pray uh, as you sort through your devoteds, your first musts, your gotta haves, that uh, these things, as they're listed here in Acts chapter 2, uh, head your list. Now, we're going to walk through these things, but I thought we'd learn them together with some motions. Carl, I know you love my motions. Here they come. You ready this morning? Yeah, there's three things basically here in verse 42 that, that the church made their, their first musts, all right? Uh, the first one is this, the teaching or the truth of God. Say the truth of God. Point to your temples, everybody. Come on. You got them. Even online. I, I can't see you, but I can. Say the, the truth of God. They devoted themselves to the truth of God. They devoted next to the, themselves to the family of God. I know it's COVID. You don't want to touch anybody. But if you're sitting near someone that you trust, you can put your arm around them. And, uh, and we are here as the family of God gathered today. So they started, first of all, devoted to the truth of God. And then secondly, to the family of God. And then finally, as we finish out this verse, there's a couple of things that kind of are, are expressed there. But they all come under the heading of, everybody put your hands up like you're on the roller coaster, the worship of God. I've always thought, keep them up, I've always thought that was funny that we'd put our hands up for the roller coaster, but we wouldn't do it for God. Go ahead and try it every once in a while. Are you with me? But here we go. What's the first one? We devote ourselves to the truth of God, and then we devote ourselves to the family of God, and then finally, we devote ourselves to the worship of God. Let's see how that appears here in this verse, a familiar verse. It says they devoted themselves, first of all, to the apostles' teaching. Now, there was 12 apostles. Here in the early church, they were busy. Uh, perhaps they were already, uh, you know, uh, uh, passing down the teachings of, of Jesus to others who could kind of spread it out. Certainly that would happen as they met house to house. But, uh, but they, they were very uh, concerted in their efforts to make sure that we got our story down. In an age where there's no Bible yet, at least the New Testament is not in existence yet, um, this oral tradition of Jesus' teachings, the things that they heard as Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, or the things that they heard from Jesus in the, in the uh, upper room of the Last Supper, or, or just the parables, or whatever, uh, these 12 apostles were busy explaining this new faith that these 3,000 had chosen uh, for themselves. Now, that still is crucial these days. There's all kinds of ways that churches can get away from the core of the apostles' teaching. 
Now, we can disagree on some minor issues, and, and we're always going to have questions about what this text means pertaining to this or to that. But in the core of our faith, we have to keep this thing on the rails. And so I'm never going to get up here and tell you what Mark thinks. I'm going to go to the book, and we're going to see what God thinks. And we're going to do our best to rightly divide or to express what we find in Scripture, just as the apostles did, so that we can avoid the errors that so quickly trip people up and head them away from God and his truth. All the cults of our age, uh, those who uh, you know, took the truth and added to it and created their own religions, uh, they are um, offenders of this aim. They, 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 they've lost their devotion to the apostles', the apostles teaching. If you read the, uh, the rest of the Bible, the New Testament is filled with all these letters. They're called epistles, and they're written by guys like, uh, you know, uh, uh, John, uh, the Apostle John, and the Apostle Peter, and then this apostle who will come up and acts, his name's Paul. Uh, but almost all of these letters um, have as part of their content uh, the addressing of some error you know, where the early church in, in Galatia or uh, Corinth had just kind of lost the core of the apostles' teaching, and, and so they needed to be uh, corrected, reprimanded, redirected. Uh, and so um, what did they do? They devoted themselves to the what? You already forgot? The truth of God, right? They made things right in their minds. And then or secondly, we'll talk more about this as we go along today. It's uh, interesting that um, most of what Luke's write, Luke writes about the church has to do with this one, but they devoted themselves, say it with me, to the family of God. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. Fellowship. There's a churchy word, right? You don't really hear that one outside of the church. I, I remember growing up and that was like once a month there was going to be food, folks, and fellowship, the 3F plan, yeah. And I always thought as a kid, lame. I mean, the food was nice, right? But I didn't want to go hang out, you know. With the, I mean, I wanted to go home and watch television like the rest of America, you know. But uh, uh, fellowship, it just it, it kind of wasn't something that I um, appreciated as a young believer, uh, but I certainly do now. This is the first time that the Greek word koinonia uh, is used to refer to the church, it uh, gets lots more play in the epistles, but koinonia is this Greek word that we translate fellowship. It comes from the root koino, which I'm going to talk about in a second, but that word means common. Uh, the church uh, has this special word for itself. We're the in common people. We are the, the folks who have things in common. And we seek to uh, experience life together in common So the first thing that we are devoted, our, the, the early church devoted themselves to, and we as a church need to devote to is what? The truth of God. And then the second thing is the, so let's talk about this third thing that appears here in verse 42. That's the worship of God. Somebody got it over here. Points. Way to go. They devoted themselves finally to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. Breaking of bread. Uh, we actually uh, have another reference to this later on in the text uh, I think that one is probably um, more rightly uh, uh, pointed at like having a meal together, like just dinner. Let's like hang out and as Christians in koinonia fellowship, just, you know, be in each other's homes and eat together. Um, but here in this one, as it is uh, in other places in our scripture, uh, in this run of things that were the, 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 the first musts of the church, breaking of bread uh, certainly, uh, I think, 
points to what we experienced early in our service today as Travis came out here and uh, led us in the taking of the communion elements, the, the bread of, uh, you know, that represents the body of Christ, the, the cup that represents the blood of Christ. Us remembering Christ uh, is a part of our worship, and it was certainly a part of this new church's uh, regimen. Hey, especially in, in Jewish uh, Jerusalem, Israel, we need to remember that this is how we worship. This is who we worship now. We no longer just stay with our old Judaic uh, you know, customs and, 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 and beliefs, we, we've moved into understanding that Jesus is our Savior and our Lord, right? So they, they would make that a matter of first must, and they would make prayer a matter of first must. They devoted themselves to prayer. How devoted are you and I to prayer? Uh, everybody gets that prayer is, is a, a two-way conversation with us and God. We, uh, in, in this culture, there, there probably had been much, you know, uh, in, in the Jewish faith, uh, much opportunities for prayer, but a lot of prayers were said uh, by the priests on behalf of those who were coming to the temple. People had to be taught how to pray to God themselves. So Jesus taught them in the Gospels. He says, this is how you pray. Our Father, everybody with me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And it goes on from there, right? And, and, and so the church, especially, crucially at its beginning was like, hey, we got to talk to God about this stuff. We've got to understand our truth. We've got to make sure we stay together as a family. But in our worship, we need to remember Christ and we need to talk to Christ. We need to uh, speak to him and ask for uh, the things that we need as his young church. And we need to hear from him as he guides us in life. Those were the first musts. One more time, say it with me. The truth of God, the family of God, and the worship of God. In the time that we have left, I want to talk about one of those in particular today. I want to talk about the family of God, your role in it, the things that God hopes for you uh, as, a, as a member of his family. But let's keep going in the text. In verse 43, it says, and, and, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Uh, the Christ life lived rightly is a life of awe. It's a life of, of noticing uh, the God sightings and seeing what he's done. I think uh, in, in this age where you know, uh, we, we've learned more and have more information than we've ever had before at our fingertips, we, we can quickly discount the acts of God as coincidences or, or we can scientifically deduce that this is how this occurred and we can lose that sense of, hey, God in his sovereignty has allowed this, provided this, protected me from this. He is a good, good father. We need to stay close to him. I was talking with Eleanor yesterday morning. We were just kind of starting our day, and I did what I do too often. I just walked out of the room. Does anybody, any other husbands do this? I had something in my mind that I needed to go do, and so we started a conversation that I was, you know, uh, a part of for a moment, but because I didn't know how long the conversation was going to go, I just kept going with my initial plan. Anybody been there? And all of a sudden, I'm out of ear range. I'm out of, uh, you know, I can't hear. And I'm yelling as I'm walking to the other side of the house to look for my coat so we can go for a walk with the dog. And uh, I come back in, and she said, you did it again. I'm like, what did I do? You left while we were talking. Yeah, but babe, I had to get my coat. And, and I've, I'm going to be married 30 years in a couple weeks, uh, February 1st. But uh, I've learned in 30 years, let's not go here. My, my right reaction is like, you're absolutely right, babe. I could have got my coat later. 
what did I miss? And she filled me in on the pieces that I missed. I wonder if we're like that. We're off wandering from, you know, a, a true sense of what's happening with us in God. And, and we miss out on the things that he's doing. We lose the awe and the wonder because we're just in another room. Don't lose that this year as we move forward. Truth of God, family of God, worship of God. Let's talk about the family a little bit further as we close. In a minute. Okay. And all who believed, it says in verse 44, were together and had all things in common. That's that word koina again, all things in common. This koinonia, this, this group of people who are noted by their commonness, had all things in common. It's from where we get words like commune, uh, which is a place where everybody shares responsibilities and resources. Uh, it's from koina, all things in common. A couple of things that I want to leave you with as we finish up this morning. The first one is this. The church is more about giving than receiving. If, that, if that's news to you, let me just uh, affirm the truth of that. If you've known that, but you can, like most Americans, lose sight of that, let, let me uh, reaffirm that with you. As you come to church, it's more about what you and I can give to her than it is what we can receive from her. And I know we're nodding our heads because theologically we understand that it's true, but practically I want that to, to, to be us. I'm here to give from what God has given me to those who might receive. Look what it says in verse 45. It says that this early church were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Certainly this was necessary because uh, most, if not all, of these early believers were leaving the Jewish faith and being shunned by their families and friends who were still in the Jewish faith. There was this great need pervasive in the early church, and so of course they had to provide for each other. Well, let's not stop there and just say it was out of necessity that they did this. This was the characteristic of the early church. What's mine is God's and yours if you need it. I'm here to give. Most of us um, have been trained in, in you know, uh, American life to be here to receive. I went to a, a restaurant yesterday morning for breakfast with Eleanor after I apologized for leaving the room. And uh, 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 we sat down in a new place I'd never been to before. She had been there a few years back, uh, but it was down in Riverview. It will remain nameless, but I, I, I went into American consumer mode, right? I immediately walk in here. I'm like, all right, I'm going to give you a try. We're going to see how this omelet goes, right? But if it doesn't work out, plenty of other places I can get omelets. Let's see, right? And so it wasn't like a literal checklist, but it was like a mental checklist. How long did it take for me to get seated? How long did it take for this girl to come and offer us coffee and water? How long did it take for her to get us our order? How long did it take for us to get our food? Is everybody with me? Who does this? Does anybody do this? And by the way, so far, check, 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 check. Pancakes, I've had better. But anyway, check, 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 right? And I, I'm leaving that restaurant yesterday morning, and I'm like, we'll come back until I had to wait to pay my bill. Has anybody else got problems with that? Totally American problem, totally first world problem. But like, I want to hurry up and get out of there. It took me like 15 minutes to get through all the to-go orders and everything else that was happening at this place to finally pay my bill. And uh, if I wasn't preaching this today and I was just telling the story, I would say, I'm never going back again. But here's what I'm understanding <laughs> from my character as a Christian is I should give places other chances. And wouldn't it be great 
or weird, let's call it weird, great maybe, but weird definitely, if you go to restaurants and instead of having what am I receiving as your mindset, as your attitude, you came in, how can I give? Need any tables bust? Can I help you deliver that food? You got dishes in the back? No, I got money to pay my bill. I just wonder if you want me to do dishes, is it? Wouldn't that be weird? Store owners would be like, no, crazy. As they dial, you know, 911 and say, we got, we got a problem. Anyway, uh, but that is exactly the mindset that you and I need to have when it comes to his church, to God's church. You and I have been blessed, graced, beyond measure to be included in the family of God and to have the mindset, the American mindset of what can this church do for me? When we come in here, is an abomination. It's not who we've been freed up to be. We are here by God's grace to be extenders of that same grace to each other and to his church. And so it is that these early Christians understood this and, and lived this out. What's mine is God and it's yours if you need it. So as we kind of get our year started, let's remember, Christians are givers. Not just in the plate, although please continue to support God's ministries, support missionaries, be generous with your resources, absolutely. But I'm going beyond just the monetary or even you know the, the service opportunities. Absolutely, please serve in our church. Find out what your gifts are and employ them in the body of Christ. But I wanna go all the way to our core and help us understand that when I'm at church, as a, as a member of God's body, his family, I've been commissioned to be a giver more than I've been um, freed up to be a receiver. Last thing is this. Historically, the church has met in two environments. As we talk about being giving of each other, um, in the early church, uh, it happened in two places. Look what it says in Acts chapter 2. 46, it says, and day by day they attended the temple together and they broke bread in their homes and they received their food with glad and generous hearts. And they praised God and they had favor with all the people. Even those outside the church were like, those Christians, I like them. They're different. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Multiplication was the result of, of this devotion to those three aims, the truth of God, the family of God, and the worship of God, Right? More people were like, I want in. And they added to their number daily. But let me go back to verse 46 where it says this. If you can go back there for me, Matt. It says, day after day, they attended the temple together and then they broke bread in their homes. Temple, homes. These were the environments of the early church. These still, in our age, are the environments of the church. The, the greater y'all come and see environment, which is what you're sitting in right now. And the smaller, let's get down to you know, brass tacks, nitty gritty, doing life together environment, which were the homes. The temple courts of, uh, of the, uh, the Jewish temple uh, could hold up to 100,000 people. And many scholars that I've read have, have, have surmised that this 3,000 who joined the church on that day, maybe not in 100% attendance, but many of them would gather on a daily basis for a, a corporate large group worship experience like this one. It was more efficient that way. The apostles could teach 
Kind of like Jesus did in the Sermon on the Mount or to the other great throngs. The apostles could pass down their truths in, in a large group setting. But then they would leave perhaps those temple court experiences and they'd head to homes together because they didn't have their own buildings, right? They'd head to each other's homes and maybe they'd ingest or, uh, you know, well, certainly ingest food, but then digest what had been taught to them and talk through that and how it applies to their lives. Now, I love talking to Christians who, you know, are a part of a life group, which is where we're going to end with this. Uh, everybody here uh, who is in, you know, the, the practice of hanging out in the temple court experience of our church needs to consider how God might lead them to be a giver in a house-to-house situation, to be someone who uh, links arm with other believers, links arms and, 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 and gives to them from what God has given uh, in their lives. Uh, I, I, I can't emphasize enough how important that is. And it, it, it says here that uh, uh, every day uh, in the temple, in Acts chapter 542, this was the, the ongoing practice of the church, even as it got going in its first year and second year and third year. As the reports from Luke uh, continue, it says that every day, Acts 5, in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease, these apostles, teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. When the church is mentioned in the book of Acts, it's almost always mentioned in these two environments. I'm in uh, currently two life groups, and I might be starting a third. And some of you are like, well, yeah, we pay you to do that, in a sense. But can I share with you how much I love being in those smaller environments with other brothers and sisters in Christ? And just talking about the things that we're experiencing, caring for each other, growing together, uh, combining to, to be impactful uh, as a team in, in the world that we live in. People talk about going to church on Sunday and the life group on whatever day. Let me just clarify, you're going to church both times. Where the body of Christ is gathered, no matter if it's a large group or a smaller one, that's the church. The the church I was a part of in, in Texas had their life groups named mini churches. I thought that was apt because at least it keeps us in, in this mindset that, uh, hey, as a member of the church, I'm here to give, and I want to be able to give in both environments, whether it's serving on a Sunday in some ministry or being a part of a life group and serving brothers and sisters with what God has given me. The writer of Hebrews says this, he says, let us consider how to stir one, and up, uh, one another up to love and good works and not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some, but let's encourage one another and all the more as we see the day drawing near. Paul writes to his friend Timothy, he's a pastor in a place called Ephesus, and he says these familiar words to many of us in the church. He says, you then, my child, be strengthened by grace that is in Christ Jesus, that, you may, uh, that what, you may, uh, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, that you, you're going to trust those things to faithful men, and, and they'll be able to teach others as well. We've sought to do that as a church, uh, temple court style and certainly house-to-house style. When I think of the chapel that's meeting right now, our pastor there, his name's Richard, is uh, doing what the apostles did. He's teaching, even now as I'm teaching, uh, the truths of God and encouraging that body there. Travis and Mickey, as they head out, they're gonna be starting this process of gathering the church together so that they can do the, the things that are first musts for the Trinity Anglican Church, and, and then they can break those, 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 you know, that larger group into these house-to-house groups, and those things can be affirmed.
as we seek to entrust uh, to faithful men the things that uh, we know so that they could teach others also, as we seek to spur each other on towards love and good deeds, uh, I want to just finish with these challenges for us. As we start this year, um, I hope we're all about the truth of God, the family of God, the worship of God. Uh, but in this next week, uh, next Sunday, uh, you're going to have an opportunity. If you are not yet a part of a life group here at our church, a part of this other environment that is the church, now you're going to get to sign up for one. And we're going to have this big, hopefully the weather will be nice, we're going to have this big, you know, blowout uh, under our lid over here and bounce houses for the kids and donuts and coffee. Come on, donuts. Come on. Uh, but that's not the point. The point is for you to find your people, to go from being someone who just sits comfortably, hopefully, in one of our cushy black chairs and faces forward and listens to the one guy to being someone who is in life with many guys or many ladies or many guys and ladies and you're doing the church as God designed her to be done. That's my hope for you. And some of you are like, Mark, been there, done that, been in a life group forever, right? Love my life group. Here's your mission this week. Uh, if you're not in a life group, come and sign up next week. If you are in a life group, what the writer of Hebrews said, I want you to take to heart, spur those that you do life this week uh, life with this, this week through an email or a text. Thank someone in your life group for that season where they walked with you through stuff. Uh, harken back to the times where you had sweet ministry together. Uh, this past uh, uh, Thursday, uh, one, one of our youth, uh, life group members came to my life group on Thursday morning and said, hey, I'm moving. I need to fill this pod uh, with all of the stuff that's in my house so it can be shipped to the next place. And any volunteers, I raised my hand I was available. Lots of guys had to work. If you're in my life group, I'm not, I'm not bashing you if you didn't go. Uh, but we had a sweet two or three hours moving his home gym into the pod. That's a heavy piece of, uh, you know, industry right there. Home gym stuff, I'll never forget it. My quads are still remembering right now. Is everybody with me? But it was a sweet time for Chris and Doug and I just to hang out and laugh and joke and try to play Tetris with uh, you know, couches, and, and, uh, and, and those are the things that build the love of God amongst us, right? And so if you're in a life group, I want you to take a, an opportunity this week for someone or many someones to just thank them for what uh, they've meant to you in your time with them. So everybody clear on the two things? Next week, if you're not in a life group, go have a coffee and a donut and join one. And can I say this real quick? If you sign up for one, go to it. You might think, well, yeah, no, it's America. If it doesn't work for me, I'm not going. But that's that mindset that we've already kind of addressed, right? We're not in life groups for what we can receive primarily. We're in life groups for the mindset of what does God want me to give to those that I might be a part of. Everybody with me? Anybody with me? Will you stand with us as we sing this morning? As we close, don't forget, you can go and say uh, thank you and I love you to Travis and Mickey and find out more about Trinity. But uh, let's celebrate the victory that we have in our God today as we sing. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory for the battle.
God, uh, we're so grateful that we can sing uh, of the victories that you have given us, the things that await us that you're going to give us victory in. We know that so much of um, those victories will come as a result of us being the church you've designed us to be. Uh, so many of the victories will come uh, as, as others uh, around us in the family of God love on us and provide for us and serve us and encourage us. Uh, we get to be uh, those who love and those who provide and those who serve and encourage. Uh, give us that mindset as we uh, move through this year. Help us to come to your church ready to give of what you've given us to those around us. Now, Lord, I, I pray that we have a great week next week. Just um, uh, seeing folks get connected. Uh, uh, that's how you have designed us to live. So um, help us to get past the, the fear of meeting new people and, and, and you know, the discomfort of, of trying to get no folks and, and help us find those who we'll do life with in your church. Thanks for the victory, Lord. Thanks for your grace and mercy and love. Help us to live in awe of those things this week as we move forward. And to you be the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. I'll be up here. If you got any questions, say goodbye to Travis and Mickey and have a great day. Peace.